0: Come on. Barbara, are you ready?
1: I am ready, George. All Thank right. you.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is a strong and powerful Barbara Dale Pesa. How'd do I do with that, Barbara?
1: You did very well. did all right. Very
0: well. (laughs) Dr. Barbara is a leadership coach, an international speaker, author, seminar leader, and the author of the upcoming book, The Unexpected Gift. I'm excited to have you on. Barbara, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: First of all, thank you, George, for having me here. Uh, It is a great honor to be here with you and with all your listeners. Um, Yes, I am uh, an executive coach um, and uh, I am passionate about people. (laughs) I am passionate about people and that's why I became a coach. And for the past uh, 20 years, I have been literally living and working all over the world. Uh, I spent many years in Hong Kong in China, Australia, uh, Singapore, Canada, the US, and now COVID took me back to Italy for a few months where I come from. Um I love what I do and I my my passion and my mission is to help people um bring up the best they got. <laughs> be the best they
0: can be. Amen to that. <laughs> and fascinating what a what a a wonderful opportunity and experience to be able to do this work uh, literally all over the world.
1: Yes, yes. when when I was uh, uh, during my university years, I experienced um, I lived abroad for one year uh, during my studies and I spent one year in Germany and after that I realized that the world is such an amazing place and and there are so uh, many different countries and different cultures and so once I finished my university studies I decided that I wanted to go abroad and live abroad and work abroad because I wanted to learn more about the world and that's what took me the first time to Asia where I spent the majority of my past um, 20 years, and uh, it has been an amazing experience, especially because uh, I had to come to terms with who I am, my identity, when coming across diversity. So moving from Italy to Hong Kong meant uh, to move from a monocultural place to a very, very diverse um, cross-cultural place. And so I would meet people from literally all over the world, and they—I was—I uh, was challenged by the diversity of the way they, the way the way these people were thinking, uh, what they were uh, proposing to me in terms of their worldviews, and um, I real, i realized that I had a choice: I could either either stay within my own sense of identity and who I was and my culture and my Italian culture, or I could open up and be questioned about their diversity and who they were. And so I decided to do, and uh, that was actually quite enriching because, uh, yes, it was difficult at times because I had to question who I was. I, I wanted to question the values I've held all my life and uh, my thoughts and what I believed in and um, I wanted to explore what these other people coming from different cultures were offering me. And, um, And then I explored, I investigated, I questioned and eventually I was in a position to Um, choose again and and evaluate even better who I wanted to be and what I wanted to stand for. And I think that this is an amazing uh, experience that we do when we come across diversity. And uh, it is unfortunate that often uh, people uh, are feel threatened by diversity instead of uh, seeing that as a possibility for growth and, and personal development. And this was a, at least my experience that was very powerful. And it happened with cultures that are really, really uh, far away from my own because I spent uh, more than 15 years in China and uh, between mm, Hong Kong and mainland China. And um, and it really stretched um, my comfort zone and the sense of who I was and uh, stretch me to the limits because the diversity and who, they, who Chinese people are, they are so diverse, first of all, um, really, really um, invited me to, to, to expand, expand who I thought I was, expand the way I was feeling about myself and about life and about people. And uh, it really was an amazing opportunity.
0: And so you decided to to learn and to grow and to change and question and investigate when you could have just said, "No, I'm good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep my existing worldview." So I feel like you made the right choice.
1: Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree with you. Otherwise, I would not have moved the other, on the other side of the world <laughs> yeah. if I wanted to stay and and remain who I was. So yeah. Definitely. I decided to embrace diversity. Yep.
0: And what a, just, just what an amazing journey and, and education. Um, and I, obviously um well, not, not obviously, but I think it's obvious to the people who are probably listening. And we, I told you that I live in Arizona and from the outside looking in, um, I, we don't necessarily need to talk about it, but I think that we, as, as Americans are having a hard time with a lot of the changes that are taking place here, but, but we are, uh, it's an opportunity for us to question a lot of the existing systems, like how we educate our kids and how we police our communities and how we elect our leaders and how our leaders interact with one another. Um, how, how, do you feel like we're at potentially an inflection point to be able to, to experience sort of the, what, what you experienced from a growth and learning perspective?
1: I think that America right now has an amazing opportunity. It is a very difficult and tough moment. I, I was living in Miami until a few months ago. Um, I, I think really it is a great opportunity for Americans and for America. the The, the challenge is not to be afraid that uh, not to be afraid that people who are different from you are taking away something from you. and and in order not to feel threatened, uh, what we really need to do, and I think that that that's where Americans have a great opportunity, is that actually you want to choose again who you want to be. Because when we are threatened by something that is different, it's because we, we fear that they are taking away something from us and that they somehow uh, impose uh, habits and impose... Um, worldviews that don't belong to us and and what we do not want actually is to make an effort to understand and to expand and to open up because that is a, that is challenging for our own experience right so we don't want to make that effort we do not want to uh, feel frustrated we do not want to feel the fear um of of what we think might happen but in fact it is not going to happen if we are open and we are just observing and uh, and taking into account diversity we don't need to necessarily embrace it in our life but at least uh, acknowledge it and see that there is value and that there is value in diversity we don't we, we can we can be different and be together and collaborate and cooperate so i think that america right now uh, has a great opportunity, a great opportunity if people decide that they want to open up and they decide that they want to just explore. I would say, at first, Americans have always been great at being first at many things, and I think that also in this uh, challenge, it would be amazing if we could, if if Americans could just um, pause for a moment, don't feel threatened, and actually observe and just uh, um, notice what is positive and, and about what is different different uh, people different habits, different traditions different cultures. This is what I would say and and also for kids right because uh, kids they 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 observe they see what's going on they learn by watching what the adults do and so it is a great opportunity to teach them actually not to be, afraid but but to be open instead and then, and that there is richness in what is different
0: amen i think that that's all really really well said and it it it, it is this huge opportunity opportunity to really choose who who you want to be who who we want to be um, but scary uh, I think a lot of that comes from a, a place of scarcity um and not wanting to feel like you're being imposed upon so ev- everything you just said and there 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 is a lot going on um and we as humans uh we don't i don't think that we deal necessarily great with um not knowing and uncertainty we we we, 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 we like patterns um, and i fascinating. I was, I was listening to a podcast yesterday about, about uh, with Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama and they sat down and they've had this conversation or series of podcasts about race um, in America and it really kind of goes exactly to what we're talking about and that's been a, obviously a hot button issue and it's it's been part of um, the American experience um, and it's just one more thing that we do need to face. Otherwise, um, we really risk further divide. And that's, you know, so I'd like to get your opinion. I just dumped a lot on you there. Thoughts? (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show
1: no, I'd love to share also because, um, as as I mentioned before, I actually lived in so many different countries. And um, what I have realized is that the 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 place where we can actually meet in in terms of really uh, communicate and, uh, amid each other, it is a level of depth that is beyond culture, it is beyond religious uh, beliefs, it is beyond traditions. When I was in China, for example, in mainland China, I was teaching at the university, and I was teaching university students, Uh, I was teaching Western culture, and I was teaching also monotheistic religions, the basic course. And yeah, that was such an amazing experience, because coming from a Western culture, and Italy is a Christian Catholic country, I had so many assumptions that I thought that that the students, even if in China, they would share and they would be aware of. And so when I started um, opening up my conversation with my students, that they were all mainland Chinese students, um, it was amazing because I realized that I could not take for granted anything. And all my invisible biases, <laughs> unconscious biases, all the assumptions that I didn't even know I had, I found out that I had because they there was basically no common ground uh, upon which to build what I had learned, what I had studied, what I had researched. It was simply in a completely different planet, and so. I remember asking myself, okay, so how do I interact with the students so that I can actually meet with them, so that I can actually encounter, that I can actually communicate and connect with them. And the, the, the point where we actually connected was humanity. I needed to go deeper and look at them and look at myself and look at the traditions I was talking about as human experiences. And uh, at that level, there was no difference anymore. And what, at that level, there was unity. At that level, there was connection. There was communication. There was understanding, and there was growth. So back to to your initial questions, I think that and and what I'm sure um, former President Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen talked about and is really that we need to meet each other at a level of depth that 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 is deeper than all those. Uh, divisions and, and barriers that we built for ourselves. And, um, and I think that that is absolutely the way to, to build relationship and to build a different kind of world because I, I've experienced it and not just five minutes. I did this for five years, for, sorry, for four years uh, in teaching in China. And that was a huge, huge um, experience, very challenging, very challenging, because just let me give you an example. Would you imagine that um, people do not, even if you are not a religious person, that you do not know that the Bible and the Quran are two books and holy books? I started by thinking that at least this is the minimum uh, knowledge that you might have and, and everywhere in the world. And I was surprised when it was not the case. So how do you begin to speak about these religions when people don't even know that there are these two books? At least Mm. coming from a Western uh, culture and from an Italian culture, for me, was quite a a wake-up call, right? Because how do you start conversation where there are no common grounds, where there are no common paradigms, when uh, the belief system is completely different so where do you start a conversation so for me that was a very very tough school and uh, it was amazing as an experience because the response once i learned how to connect at that level that i was talking about before um that the humanity of people then then there were no barriers anymore
0: that is such a uh, such a key thing right there and it it just uh, a super unique experience of you with your background and, and then going into in, into a classroom in, in China. And certainly that takes place um, just to come back to, to the United States with people who, who grew up in, in a predominantly white area with one experience and then inter- interacting and having a conversation with Um, with a a Latino or a black person who grew up in, in, in predominantly just a totally different, so you're having a similar American experience but totally different and unless you're able to come at it from an understanding or an appreciation that this guy or this gal that I'm talking to has absolutely, potentially no idea, to your point, what the Bible is or the Quran is but what my experience has been and I don't necessarily have any idea what theirs is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and um, just to bring it back to the U.S. again, um, one thing that can be very useful to do and that I've learned when I was in China that I think that now when I'm thinking about uh, the, the black, um, the, the experience of black people in the U.S., which is not something I'm familiar with. But what I am really keen on doing when I'm there is to listen. Because when they speak about it, their experience, um, th- I remember the first time I was listening to how difficult it is to be a black person in America, I couldn't understand why was that. I did not have the, the categories to understand that. And then I made it a point to actually pay attention and to really did, do the efforts that I did when I was in China to go into a desert, as in I don't know anything about these, and and actually pay attention and make an effort to understand where these people are coming from. What are they pointing at that I am not aware of? What are they indicating? What are they showing that I'm not seeing? And tr- trusting that they are actually pointing at something that is there, is just that I don't I don't see it. And I think that this is. A, this is this is a a behavior an attitude uh, that that builds rapport because at least we make an effort and we want to acknowledge that even if we do not understand and we do not see the same way, nonetheless, if you are saying that there is this experience, let me let me try and understand what it is actually about.
0: I love it. Well, Baba, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So here it is, uh, what I'd like to give as a tip. Dare to believe that uh, the seemingly impossible actually can happen. And this is something that uh, has been true for me more and more. And so I, I love to, every time I love to say, even to my clients, dare to believe uh, in the impossible because it is actually possible
0: well i think that that is great stuff that definitely gets come on come on dare to believe that the seemingly impossible can in fact happen i love it well bob thank you so much for coming on where can people learn more about you how can people engage with you and tell us where they pick up a copy of your book the unexpected gift
1: Um, Well, they can visit my website, www.mynamebarbaradalepetze.com, or they connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, my book is available on Amazon, so just look for the title and my name and you can get a copy of it. And by the way, if for those who are going to buy the book and they can connect with me saying that they bought the book and I will give them access to a six weeks online program that I am launching. So that's a gift. (laughs) The unexpected gift for me. So
0: Wonderful. Yes. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did show Barbara your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. The website is B A R B A R A. D-A-L-L-E-P-E-Z-Z-E.com. You can find her on LinkedIn. You can pick up a copy of The Unexpected Gift at Amazon. And then um, when you connect with Babita, let her know that you have got a copy of the book and she'll give you access to that course that she was talking about. Thanks again, Babita.
1: Thank you very much for having me, George.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight we are all in this together.